Have you been struggling to make money with your blog? Or maybe you'd like to learn how to build a niche blog and start generating a passive income, but don't know how to go about it. Well, don't worry, I got you covered. Introducing Blog Builder Pro. Blog Builder Pro is a comprehensive online course designed to take you from a complete beginner to having a website up and running that is making you money. Blog Builder Pro also helps take the guesswork out of monetizing your blog by teaching you an easy step-by-step process that I call the Nifty 50 Core Steps. These steps will tell you what to do and when to do it so that you are never lost. One of the biggest frustrations that newer bloggers have is that they do not know if the work they are putting in on their sites will yield them some result. But thanks to the more than 60 professionally produced lessons, special worksheets, easy blog and email templates, exclusive webinar discounts, one-on-one training, and a community that can help you answer questions 24-7, Blog Builder Pro is rocking the industry with this groundbreaking and comprehensive training, holding your hand from start to finish. So go to bloggerevolution.com income and check out the free webinar for some more information. That is bloggerevolution.com income. You don't need flashy, you know, buttons or, you know, slides or anything like that. Just uh, call it simple... So, you know, and, and you don't want to be like a greasy salesman, a car salesman. So you, you just, you know, if you, if you really believe in the product and you're being as helpful as you possibly can, then, you know, you're going to get higher conversions because people are going to see you. Number one, you're an expert, you know what you're talking about. And even if you're not a complete expert when you start your blog, by the times you've done, I mean, you've been through this, Chris, by the times you've done 30, 50 posts, you really do start to become an expert on that niche. Regular people are taking their passions and interests writing about it in a blog and making a living from it. But not everyone is successful. There is a right way to build a blog and a wrong way. And I am here to help you succeed with your online business. My name is Chris Miles, and this is the Blogger Evolution Podcast. Oh, and welcome to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris Miles, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your day. Now, I don't know about you, but I am a sucker for a good story. You ever sat down and maybe watched a television show and literally 30 seconds into the show, you're already sold and invested and you have to watch the rest of it. I have that kind of personality. I, I can't even be in the same room as my wife watching a TV show without literally being engulfed in it and wanting to see it to the end. So the value of a good story really helps to have people relate to what it is that we're going through. And I got a good story for you today. And this story is with Simon Crow from Commission.Academy. Now, Simon has an amazing story. He was working at a UK call center, really just dreading his job. He didn't like it. He was able to be a missionary and go to Thailand to help out there. But he always had to come back because of money. But I'm not going to go dive too much into it. I'll let you realize the rest of it. But let's just say, long story short, he ended up marrying the love of his life and moving to Thailand. All because of a simple blog. All right. So this is going to be a good one. We talk a lot about um, where Simon was, where he ended up. And um, we actually are friends. We met each other at a Las Vegas uh, affiliate marketing conference and From there, you know, we've stayed in contact over the years, and it's just good to be able to talk to someone about marketing. Um, A lot of us are solopreneurs. If you're watching or sorry, listening to this episode, chances are you're a solopreneur as well. You do a lot of stuff on your own trying to build up your business. 
But being able to talk with someone and see what they're going through, the, the problems and things that they have issues with, and you realize that they're similar to what you're going through, then you can see how they overcame it and how now you can overcome it as well. So we talk about how he was able to build his blog from scratch, how many blogs he's running, some cool optimization tips that he uses to make sure he gets the most people to click on his affiliate links within his blogs so that he can make enough money to be able to support his new family. So let's go ahead and won't waste too much more time here. Let's go ahead and jump in to this awesome interview with Simon Crow live from Thailand. And we're going to get into that right now. All right, and welcome back to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris, and we are talking with Simon Crow. Now, get this. Now, me and Simon met in Las Vegas a few years ago for a WA conference, which is a um, wealthy affiliate, which is a, a blog training program that's out there. And while we were there, it really hit it off. We were able to get some really cool insights. We were bouncing questions off of each other. It really shows the benefit of being able to hang out with people because, you know, with blogging, it's you're in one place, and sometimes the people who you are around have no idea what you're talking about. So we're going to try to bridge the gap there and geek out about blogging today. So, Simon, thanks so much for being on. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Yeah, no problem, man. I really do appreciate you uh, uh, putting out, uh, setting aside some time to be with us. So if you don't mind, give everyone a quick background on how you got into blogging. Where where were you and where you happen to be today? Yeah, sure. So I, I worked for many years in UK call centers like insurance, banking, loft insulation. And, and it was like one of those things where every few months I would search for, you know, like everybody does, how can you make money online? Is it possible to earn a full-time income online? Maybe as a freelance writer, maybe drop shipping. everybody was talking about. It was like kind of a, you know, late night thing that I would just, you know, keep looking for. And then I, I really hated the job I was in. The main reason I kind of got into blogging in the first place was because I'd gone and studied uh, in a uh, Bible school in Thailand and I'd always wanted to be a missionary in Thailand but, and I'd go for six months and I'd run out of money and I'd, I would have to come back, get a car, save money again to go back out there, back and forth, back and forth. So that was the real problem. And it's like, you can't live life like that. This is not going to, you know, it's not going to work. So I needed a way where I could make money wherever I was. Wherever there was a Wi-Fi connection, I needed a way that I could do that with, you know, and the flexibility that comes with that, you know, and freedom. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, your uh, experience isn't atypical, you know, <laughs> I mean, everyone definitely, I'm not, I won't say everyone, there are some people who are out there who like their jobs. I personally didn't like my job. If you find someone who does, usually that's, that's kind of rare, you know, and yeah. the fact that you were in a situation and you had this dream of just wanting to be able to work wherever you could as long as you had an internet connection, you know, now tell yeah. us now, how did that work out? Because you're living where now? Um, I'm actually, we just bought a place in Bangkok about six weeks ago. Wow. Uh, so yeah, me and my wife, I've got a Thai wife here. We're, we're living here and yeah, we're loving it. Living life, Thailand all the way. Yeah. Thailand is my home now. Like I go back to the UK and it's like, these people are strange. You know? <laughs> this is my, so it just, I know I don't look Thai, but I think I'm Thai in my mind. Um, so yeah, Thailand is home now. Wow, and that's all thanks to blogging. Yeah, it's all all because of the blog, right? Now, how many Absolutely. blogs? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How many blogs do you run? Um, right now, I would say like four or five different niches. Like I have websites that I haven't touched for four years, but I'm still getting like ad revenue from them through Wizoic. Um, you know, there's projects that I'm at, what I'm actually working on right now. Probably two or three of those projects. Uh, and my, my wife has also got into blogging, so she's got her own 
blog too. So we help each other out with that. So yeah, about four or five. Man, I would say blogging is quite infectious, huh? If you got if you got your wife doing it as well. I mean, so oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So all right, let's let's try to figure this out. So you were in a spot that you didn't like. And you decided to do something okay. about it. And you you went the same route that most of us go. We go online. We search how to make money online. What are a few what what are a few things that you tried before you stumbled on blogging? Um, a few things, but I totally liked what you said before about the, that that pain point. That that's what drives you. If you love your job, you love your life. There's no reason to start searching, is there? You know. Yeah. So yeah, I was really feeling that pain that pain point that this needs to. And I could see it was so. I know it sounds dramatic, but I could see my whole life going either this way or this way. And it's like this, I have to find a way to make this work. So I really had that urgency, that real drive. So that when I did start finally blogging, jumping ahead, you know, I'd be up all night. I'd be up to 2, 3 a.m. You know, this has got to happen. So I think I've forgotten your question. What was your question? <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> what, other, what other things did you try before you realized that blogging oh, was yeah. the thing? Oh, all different kinds of things. I, I actually hired two uh, big rooms and I would sell books on Amazon uh, for like a penny each or like oh, and make money on the postage. That was a slog. But I did that for about a year and it was hard to make profit just because so much competition, you know. Yeah. You've really got to make it. The only way to make it work with, as, as an Amazon merchant is like finding the rare, like esoteric books. That's the only real way. Um, what else did I try? I got scammed a few times. These, you know, these half-baked courses that teach you one little piece and then you before upselling you to all the other. So, yeah, I got scammed a few times. Made a few websites that were a bit not, I wouldn't say I was proud of. Yeah, did, did that kind of thing. Yeah, getting scammed, unfortunately, is almost a rite of passage in our business sometimes. It's an initiation. And, yeah, because we all go through it. You, you end up... Because it can be low-hanging fruit, right? The people who are really fed up with their situations and they're literally looking for anything. And But I guess you could say that at least it shows that, you know, even though you did the the penny thing with Amazon, you know, you still made money with it. It wasn't a lot of money, but you made some money with it. So that kind of opened it up for you to realize that, okay, this is possible. I just got to find the right vehicle. I just got to find the right way to do this. So what was it about blogging that really... Uh, uh, ingratiated itself to you for you to go ahead and embrace it among the other things that you had tried in the past? Um, for me, it was more the affiliate marketing side of blogging. Um, and I just love the simplicity of it. It just makes sense. Like there's nothing shady. There's no, you know, uh, um, there's no need to recruit other people. There's, I was involved in a ton of MLMs as well, by the way. Uh, that, that was fun. Um, and so there was none of that shady stuff going on. It's just simple boil it down you're right you're matching the right people the right audience with the right kinds of products and that just seems to make perfect sense you know affiliate marketing increases online um sales by eight to i think what is it 33 percent i think some 31 33 for online stores so it, it's a win-win it's a win for the affiliates it's a win for the online stores and it's a win for the customers too so the whole idea of affiliate marketing just made perfect sense to me and i loved how simple it was there's the you know there's no need to pay out for all that stock inventory storage you know shipping like the drop shipping thing just seemed right from the beginning i'm not saying it's a bad business model but for me it's too risky too high cost and the thing with blogging is what do you need the domain hosting that's it 
you know? It's like, it's very, the barrier to entry is very low. The biggest barrier to entry really is just the time, isn't it, that you put in uh, beforehand and keep going until Google starts to show some love to your site. But yeah, monetarily wise, it's, it's amazing. So what other business model is there, like blogging, where you can start with literally like 13, 14, 15 dollars a month and earn, you know, four or five figures a month? Like, that's unheard of. Yeah. No, I totally agree because blogging in a way is not it's not very self-serving right you're, you're creating the content for to help other people and as you're helping these other people you're happening to just get a little percentage of it back so like you said it's a win-win for the manufacturer it's a win-win for you it is a win-win for the customer so everyone kind of benefits from it as well but i totally uh, can relate with you with the whole hating recruiting hating uh, uh, sales and all of that stuff because you don't have to worry about that with blogging. It helps, you know, it helps if you have a little bit of a background on how to sell something. But if you're not a great salesman, that doesn't mean you're not going to be a good blogger. You just need to be able to be more willing to help somebody else. Would you not agree? Oh, absolutely. I, I would probably say if you're a great salesman, I mean, I mean, it's probably best not to be a great salesman because the, the ironic thing, as you were just saying about, about blogging, is the more helpful you are, the more successful you'll be, right? The more value you can give your readers, the further you're going to go. And that's and so the people who are trying to, I'm just blog. I mean, I started blogging for money, that's the truth. But if it's all just that and you're not focusing on your readers, then you're going to lose. So the more you don't focus on yourself and focus on your, giving value to your readers, the more you're going to get back in return. That's the irony of blogging, really. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Um, let me ask you this. When you say that you're blogging and you're more helping your readers, what does that mean? I'm, what I mean on the, like a practical level is like answering their questions in the best way possible um, and just giving them solutions to their problems. That's all we do as bloggers. I mean, think about what you search in Google. Whenever you come across a blog, how did you... You had a problem, you wanted to find a solution. You had a question, you wanted to know the answer to. So that's what I mean really on a practical level is, can I give the best answer? And, um, you know, I've switched the way that I do things a little bit now because before I was doing a lot of reviews, you know, reviewing all these different opportunities and that kind of thing. And I've switched recently to kind of more like answering these questions and helping people more. And I, I prefer it so much. It's so much more enjoyable to do because... Um, there's no two posts the same and um, I really I want to give them my best answer right and you're putting yourself in your reader's shoes it's like if I was in this person's situation if I wanted to know how to do this or if I wanted to know what the best product was to do this what would I be looking for and I'm tr and that's that's uh, what do you call it writing intent readers intent searcher intent sorry searching intent so you know that the keyword the, the question the problem that they're searching if you know, if you understand search intent, it will tell you, it'll, it'll instruct you and guide you how to write that post. It'll come out with its own structure and everything because the question, the problem, where they are, it's all within that keyword. Yeah, I totally agree because Google tells you exactly what it wants, right? You just have to provide yeah. it, especially when you see deficiencies, right? And that's that's huge. That's huge in itself. Uh, now you mentioned oh, yeah. now you mentioned before that um, you began writing, you know, probably the typical affiliate route where you're writing a lot of reviews, 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 and then you said that you uh, recently made the shift to answering more questions, more informational type posts. Why the switch? Yeah, it, it's just, writing reviews is great for the money because you're catching the good thing about reviews. And I'm not saying I will never write a review again. 
But the, the good thing about reviews is you're catching people at the point of the buying cycle right before the purchase decision, right? So people already know about the product, whatever it is. Um, they're thinking about buying it. They just want to double check. They want confirmation. They want you to say, you know what? Yeah, this is a big, good product. Go for it. And so it's very good for affiliate sales. Um, the problem with reviews, especially in the niche that I was in before, was it's just a constant churn and burn. So, you know, I, I would sit there spending seven hours coming up with the perfect best review ever written on planet Earth. And then two weeks later, they stopped selling it, it shut shop. And so all that effort, I mean, it's just... I wanted evergreen. I wanted evergreen content because if I'm going to put all that time and effort into writing, into writing, then I want it to be that you know still as relevant six months from now, a year from now, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it is a, a turn and burn kind of situation to put yourself in because when you're writing reviews on a ton of products, the traffic that you get is directly related to how popular the item is. So if the pop, if the item isn't very popular or if it wanes in its popularity, so will the traffic on your uh, review. And like you said, you're putting so much time and effort to make the greatest review on the face of the planet, like almost literally, <laughs> and then just for mm -hmm. it to not get much traffic because the business shut down or something of that nature. So you mentioned the switch of mm -hmm. doing evergreen stuff. What's the difference? I mean, I mean, we kind of touched uh, touch on it a little bit, but what's an example of maybe something that's evergreen that's going to last a while on Google? Um, just any any questions or problems that your audience is having, um, they, they, you know, they're going to have it at any point. So I feel like I want to go back and just clarify what my, we've all got different definitions of niches, but for me, like, you know what your niche is when you can answer the question. I'm looking to help this group of people to do this particular thing or, you know, to, to get into this topic. So, like, when I'm thinking about my audience, you know, it's like, if you think, take any subject, fishing, but what are the beginner questions to fishing? So I would, I would go through now. And just answer all the beginning questions. How do you, I don't know anything about fishing, so I can't even give any examples. That was a terrible example, um, showing myself up now. But you know, just think about the beginner questions. Um, I think Income School have said this before. They talk about the inver inverted pyramid, I think, where we normally like to go to the really super specific technical questions. But the only way anybody would ask that kind of question is that is if they already know a lot about the niche. But if you go down to the beginner questions, they're so broad and so many, and there's no technical jargon because they're just, um, they're open beginner questions. Um, I don't think that's a good answer to your question, but I would go for those. Think about what a beginner, whatever your blog's about, what is a beginner in that topic gonna to be asking and what kind of problems are they gonna be facing? And so you create that kind of content. They're, they're evergreen, like people are gonna be asking, I don't know how to start beekeeping. They're going to be asking that in five years, 10 years time, you know, um, but they're not necessarily going to be asking, you know, is this, you know, particular product still the best one because things change and move on. So. No, I, yeah. I think I see what you're saying because I, I mean, I'm thinking of an example myself, but uh, if, if you're wearing a tie, you might, someone might say, Oh, how do you do a reverse Windsor knot? That's, gonna, that's a very specific yeah. question. It's probably way at the tip of that pyramid that you're talking about versus if you wrote an article that was 
how to tie a tie, you know, or something like that, because yeah. it's a little more general. A little more people would know what it is because most people who know how to tie a tie know what a Windsor knot is, but it's not true the other way around. Right. And I think that's what you're talking about in mm-hmm. terms of getting something more evergreen. All right. So does that make sense? Is what I'm explaining here kind of what you're going for when you're writing your articles? Yeah, definitely. That's a much better example. Thanks for saving me there. no no worries man this is cool this is cool so all right so you're writing the articles and how are you monetizing it outside of affiliate marketing um with this particular project that we're doing we're not monetizing outside of affiliate marketing at all it's purely affiliate marketing based this one i have other websites where it's purely ad based um and i know a lot of people are shifting over to ads now especially with ezoic because they pay so well uh, in most niches, it depends on the niche, but they pay, you know, remember the days of AdSense where you get like two, three cents a day if you put ads on the site? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow. And I, I don't know if you noticed that, but there was quite a little bit of a shift after, I think it was Amazon who um, changed all of their commission rates and stuff. I saw a lot of bloggers shifting over to monetization with ads. Yeah. I think the cool part about that is you can literally monetize every single person who lands on your site mm-hmm. with ads, even if it's a few cents, it's still something versus, you know, tying everything to Amazon just for them to get rid of their affiliate program or slash rates again or something like that. And I honestly believe that Amazon is what is it, what they say, cutting off your nose to spite your face because they get oh, yeah. so much traffic from affiliate sites just to cut the revenues on it when we know they have the money, right? We know that they have the money for it. Um, well, okay, so do you do anything else other than Amazon for affiliates? Oh, definitely, yeah. I would never solely rely on Amazon. Um, I use Amazon as a kind of, I mean, some people do, and they do very well with it. Um, I use Amazon as a side income, like as a, you know, if I'm mentioning a book. I don't really, I've never really focused on Amazon as a primary income source because, like I, there's pros and cons to Amazon, isn't there? Like everybody knows them, and I, and I totally agree with you. Like so many bloggers were so mad at Amazon because it was bloggers that made Amazon into what they are today. Like they built Amazon into what it, I think it's the biggest company in the world. If or if not, pretty close to it. If it's not, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I think it's Amazon then something like Microsoft, Apple. I think it's something like that. Um, so yeah, they built Amazon into what it is today. A lot of people were very angry. Um, so, but the, the pros of Amazon, I would say, are like everybody knows who they are. They're very comfortable. You're gonna get a high conversion rate because the sales funnel. They know how to, you know, send people their way. You know, other people buy this. Like they're gonna add to cart and, and check out. And also, you get commissions for anything else they add to their cart at the same time. But you can almost always find other affiliate programs. Say, say you've got a gardening blog and you're promoting wheelbarrows or something like you can go it is easy you can promote wheelbarrows on amazon but i guarantee there's going to be better commission rates on different wheelbarrow affiliate programs if you, if you take a look you know so i would definitely say never limit yourself to amazon it's a great option sometimes but there's other options out there okay all right so i guess tell me the story about going after other options do you have a strategy that you use or how do you decide on an affiliate outside of amazon um, I would start off with, I mean, it's just like with a basic Google search, really. So, you know, I would put gardening affiliate programs, fitness affiliate programs. Um, and like there's there's bloggers, there's whole blogs out there dedicated to giving lists of affiliate programs. So um, that's going to give you so many ideas. Like 
honestly, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know how to monetize my blog, I don't know, maybe ads is the best route. And I think it is for some niches, you know, some like song lyrics websites or, you know, something like that, then, you know. But um, if, if you're sitting there struggling, thinking, I don't know how to monetize my blog, just put you on, just type in, if it's a gardening blog, gardening affiliate programs, stick that into Google, you're going to come up with hundreds of different affiliate programs, and it's going to give you those ideas that you haven't thought about. Oh, I can do a monthly subscription for something. Oh, I could do this as well. Oh, I could do that. And that, that's, it's just going to set those creative juices going. You're going to, you're going to have so many options, you know, it's not, it's not that there's a lack of affiliate programs out there. There are, I think there's tens of thousands of affiliate programs out there. Amazon is surely not the only one. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, so you go out there, you Google whatever your niche is and affiliate program. You look through everything. You look through the sites. You look through, you know, maybe other options. Um, how do you promote those on your site? So if I, let's say I had, let's say I was, let's stick with the gardening example. And let's say I was doing a monthly, I don't know if this exists, but a monthly seed package or something. You know, like these food packages that you get every month, a monthly seed package or something. So it's like, okay. Um, then, I, so that's why I'm promoting. I would go back then and do, have a content plan. So I would create like content clusters. So I, I would literally, I mean, I do my keyword research like a year in advance now. Um, so I would have a whole year's worth of content planned out in advance. So, I, you know, I, again, the, the, the people who are, what kind of people would buy these, you know, these subscription seed boxes, whatever you want to call them. And then what kind of questions would they have? What kind of what what kind of problem would they be looking at solving? And I would work my way backwards from that, and then create maybe a dozen. I mean, you could create 20, 30 posts, just kind of um, you know based around around that. That's what I would do. I create a content plan around it. Okay, and then you're just promoting it within that post by just adding the links or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, just text links work the best. You don't, you don't need flashy you know buttons or you know slides or anything like that. Just uh, call it simple. So, you know, and, and you don't want to appear like a greasy salesman, the car salesman. So you, you just, you know, if you, if you really believe in the product and you're being as helpful as you possibly can, then, you know, you're going to get higher conversions because people are going to see you. Number one, you're an expert. You know what you're talking about. And even if you're not a complete expert when you start your blog, by the times you've done, I mean, you've been through this, Chris, by the times you've done 30, 50 posts, you really do start to become an expert on that niche. You know, um, so and people can see that you're not trying to sell them, you're trying to help them. So this product is genuine and you believe it. If you believe it, that enthusiasm, that passion is going to come across. Um, then you know that this product is genuinely a great solution for people looking for that. So there's, you don't have to sell really, you just mention it. Or, and because you're creating content around it already, the relevancy is so high. So, you know, so if I'm something like what are the best seat subscription services they've already you know they're your target market they're exactly the kind of people that you want because they know what seat subscription boxes are if, if they even exist if they don't it's a great idea for someone um they're already thinking about you know signing up to a subscription box um thing um and you they just want to know which one's the best one so where there's no selling you're not trying to convince people to buy something that they're not interested in buying because you've clearly identified who your audience is you've clearly identified what their problems are what their questions are and you've given a fantastic option a solution for that no selling involved really yeah and what's funny about what you say is that that actually is the best way to sell something is you need to first figure out if they are even 
do they even want what it is you have to provide? If they say no, naturally with a blog, they probably wouldn't be there in the first place, right? If they weren't interested at all. But the fact that they're there, that tells you immediately that they are interested and you can bridge the gap for where they are and where they want to be. All right. So does that, is, is that uh, kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I love Google so much. It's the best kind of traffic because you're pre-qualified. Nobody's searching, um, you know, how to get seed subscription boxes. It's going to say, I'm not really interested in buying a seed subscription box. They're pre-qualified already. They're not casual browsing on Facebook or anything else. That's why I love Google so much. Search engine traffic. Yeah. Yeah, no, Google traffic is is pretty awesome. <laughs> I do enjoy it Way myself as well. All right, cool. So, okay, you just explained a lot, right? We let's let's go ahead and kind of uh, break down a couple of the things that you mentioned. So, um, let's sure. take a quick shift over to your keyword research. You know, so you have, you know, you're running five six sites, and um, you know, you've had successful sites in the past as well. You mentioned that you do your keyword research a year in advance. Could you tell us more about how you do that? And that seems like a long time. I barely can do a few weeks in advance. <laughs> Well, uh, and that's the thing about evergreen content, you can't do that, you know. Yeah, so, so like, I came back to Thailand in November, and uh, we, we were buying a place, just a personal story. And so we decided, you know, why not? Let's rent Airbnb for a month, let's go traveling. And then around New Year time, my wife's got her website too. I'm like, okay, we're going to have, what I like to do with it, like around New Year, is kind of plan and kind of goal cast for the year ahead and say, okay, this business, where do we want to take it? What do we want to do? You know? So I just find for me, it fits well, like the new year time. You can do it every three months. You can do it every month. It really doesn't matter. And so we literally got, you know, flip chart paper, marker pens, sticking them on the walls uh, with, you know, keyword research, direction, products we're going to promote, like the whole, the whole um, shabam, you know, we did the whole thing. Um, so, yeah. So like I mentioned, so, my wife's website, for example, it's it's a it's her niche is language learning, and it's to help Thai people who want to learn a second language, English, Chinese, Russian, whatever it may be, and so she's got her, and she promotes mainly online courses. So, again, we just stepped back and said, okay, somebody looking for a Russian online course, what questions would they ask in Google, and that's going to create our content plan. Wow. Okay. See, I wish I was that organized. That's nice. That's really nice. That you're, you got the post-it notes. You got like the, the dungeon is what I'm imagining right now, you know, with all of the post-it notes everywhere and your plan for the year. Uh, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now you mentioned earlier content clusters. What is that? Okay. So um, a content cluster would be, let's say for example, I was writing, I don't know. Let's take a practical example, a Grammarly review. And I, my goal, one of my goals for the blog was to increase my Grammarly sales. I would create like 10 or 12 posts. So I would write the Grammarly review, um, and then obviously making it as helpful and honest and everything as possible. And then I would write, you know, posts around that, that people are asking. So I would put, you know, what are the Grammarly alternatives or what's the best way to spell check your work online or um, how can I write better blog posts or something, you know, that's kind of where I can lead them into, in, into Grammarly indirectly. And so the reason why I say content clusters is, and I know, I know a lot of affiliate marketers do this, is because let's say you've got a Grammarly review, that's quite competitive, you know, and if you get that hot spot in, on Grammarly, you're making quite a few sales each day, you're doing very well for yourself. Um, and so 
but let's say you've just got one review on your on your page with not many links to it, then you, it's going to struggle, especially with the competition. So, but if you've got like a content cluster of like say twelve posts around it, all linking towards that Grammarly review, that's really going to help your, your review, um, and and the posts surrounding it kind of go up in the in the rankings really. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So you 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 have like maybe a pillar post or like a, a center post, and then you write. Uh, articles that are related to it and then just link to almost like I think they call it the hub and spoke method kind of to a certain extent yeah. to be able to send that yeah. traffic there is that, is that basically what you're doing yeah definitely yeah I, it's called different names in different places yeah everyone basically. calls it everyone has a different name I have a different name for it myself <laughs> in my in my course yeah. but uh okay so how are you ranking these posts are you just using SEO are you doing anything else specific uh, what are some tips that you're doing to not just find these ideas with the content clusters and the keyword research but actually getting them to rank number one on Google mm. so I mean I should say that I, I use a few different kind of keyword tools I think it's good to use more than one key keyword tool because I don't think any keyword tool if, if we're honest no keyword tool is going to be hundred percent accurate um, so can I just mention, like, I think answersocrates.com is fantastic. Answerthepublic.com. Like, I could put Grammarly into that into that keyword tool, and it's going to give me all the questions. It's going to give me all the content cluster. It's going to write it all for me. So how do you use Grammarly? What is Grammarly? Uh, how much is Grammarly? It's gonna, either I can use them as subheadings in my review, or I can create posts. Like, I'm going to create a YouTube video on how to use Grammarly. You know, I'm going to write, write a whole post on how to do that. That's going to be my content cluster. So, yeah, and another great thing is obviously Google itself, with people also ask. If you type anything into Google, it's going to say people also ask these related questions. Scroll down to the bottom, um, related questions. Google's going to give you all that information. Um, so that is a wealth of information right there that's going to help you. Um, and then how do I get them ranked? Um, I would just... I don't have, I don't do link building at all. I, I don't like it. Um, I avoid it. <laughs> um, I just don't want to. I don't want to waste my time doing that. I've, some people get great results, and some courses teach that. You know, personally, I just I just don't like it. I prefer to just concentrate on the content and and let the links come in kind of organically um, and naturally. But I mean, I say organically and naturally, but I am, I am intentionally building those content clusters too. So for me, the best way is to build like an authority blog. So you're building a site with a lot of content over time. So it becomes a real author. It carries that weight in Google. So it's a lot easier to get those higher rankings. If you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So how long does it take you to perhaps go from scratch with a, a brand new website to it being, you know, where you're satisfied with it. How much time is, is required to do that since you're not doing any backlinking? Um, un until like website's done, you mean? Well, not done. Cause your website's really never done. Right. It's just more like, so I've never, never finished the website. but uh, <laughs> for you to, I guess, to consider it a success, like how long does it take for your articles to start ranking? How long does it take for that first commission to come in? Um, You know, for things like that to be successful for you to know that, okay, I'm going to keep working on this or I need to scrap the project. Mm. Um, it's a good question. And I've just started a new website kind of a few months ago, like beginning of the year. So we're going through that whole process that all newbie bloggers go through, right? When you're starting a new blog. So I'm just going through it again myself, where you're starting from scratch, no traffic. Um, so I, I think you should be seeing, especially if you're writing like consistently, like three times a week at least, then you should be seeing something 
by about five, six months, you should be, even if it's fluctuating, you should be seeing the Google dance starting to happen, right? Where, you know, one blog, you've got nothing and then one blog post jumps to number one, then jumps to 40, position 43. Like, you know, that's gonna happen in the beginning. That's natural, that's okay. Um, but you should be seeing some kind of traffic coming in. And for me, like generally with a niche, I don't think I've ever gone to, into a niche where I've been like, this niche doesn't work because I would try, because to me, a niche is gonna work if it's got an audience and a lot of relevant products that make sense, like fishing, we can name all the products that the people are gonna be interested in, right? And any niche. Yeah, you're gonna to struggle to find a niche where you can succeed if it's got an audience and relevant products that you can promote. So um, how long does it take me? I, by the year mark, I would definitely be looking to, for that, for those commissions to become more regular, to become more consistent, and maybe not full-time income quite yet, but certainly quite consistent, maybe one, one or two thousand dollars or something, depending on, it depends on the niche, depends what the price point of the products that you're promoting and all that kind of thing, but by, by a year mark, you know, you'll definitely be able to see something going on. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty but, good. I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't know if that answers the question or not. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Because that makes plenty of sense. It's, it's so tough, you know, because we're so ingrained in this. Uh, uh, we need to get the results that we want now. And it's hard to be patient. Mm -hmm. So how do you bridge the gap, I guess you could say, uh, for that patience? You know, for someone who's brand new, it might be very, very hard for them to know that what they're working on is going to turn into something. So how do you, what, how, how do you have the confidence to know that what you're working on is going to actually work? I totally get that. That's a good question because it's easier for me now that I'm going through with this new site because you and me, we've already been through it before. We know the process already, but if it's someone who's like going through it the first time, man, that's a step of faith, isn't it? because you, you're investing all that time. And I, I remember that, that impatience completely. I mean, I still struggle with that sometimes. Even with this post, I'm like, this uh, website, I'm like, come on, I want this to pick up quicker. Um, it's a step of faith, like, you know, cause those doubts creep in, like you're saying, and you know, you're right, you spend hours investing the time to write this blog post. Is anyone ever gonna read what I'm writing? Is anybody ever gonna see this website? Is Google ever gonna give me those rankings, you know? Um, so that's a hard one, That that's the, uh, barrier to entry that I was talking about before, like there's no mon monetary barrier to entry. It's not a McDonald's franchise where you have to cough up a quarter of a million dollars or whatever it is. The barrier to entry is that that when crunch time, when you're putting all that time in, you're building a blog and there's no results yet. Um, what what can I say to people in that position? Just if you have a good mentor, you know, if, if you're following a good course, then just trust in the process. Um, trust that Chris Miles knows what he's talking about. He's been through it already. He's a good mentor, you know, that, because you, that, that's the only thing you can do at that point. You can only take somebody else's word for it until you've experienced it yourself, you know? No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. I actually was just talking to a student um, just yesterday, and it was something going on with her site, and it wasn't that important, <laughs> right? At least it wasn't that important, at least from what I saw. And... She just kept saying, this is an issue, this is an issue. And I was like, well, based on what I'm seeing, I mean, on the big, on the, on the from one to 100 of the things you got to worry about when it comes to building your blog, you're mm -hmm. worried about number 78 and 79. All right, let's worry about the first 10 mm -hmm. things first. And uh, 
sometimes it's hard to say that because I felt bad like I was dismissing what she was feeling. But I kept trying to yeah. think to myself, like, I don't want you to spend too much time trying to fix this because it's not going to bring you any decent returns versus just going ahead and creating a new blog post or finding a new monetization strategy or something of that nature. I'm not saying not mm -hmm. to ignore it, but try to spend an hour working on it. And if you can't figure it out, make sure that you've at least created a piece of content for that day. Otherwise you might have wasted your day, you know? So Definitely. that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're saying. Newbies sometimes yeah. do get, you know, newer bloggers, I should say, they get in a situation where they're worried about everything when really there's only about, 10 things you need to worry about when it comes to vlogging. And if you can concentrate on those 10 things for a decent amount of time, that prove it period, I like to call it, uh, you know, that, that barrier mm -hmm. of entry, because that's just Google saying, I want to make sure that you're legit and you really want to do this. Otherwise, we can't just give you the traffic, right? So, yeah, and I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like, that's the answer, really. When you're going through the impatience, when you're, why isn't my website getting traffic? Why isn't, why am I getting blog readers, email subscribers? Focus on the actionable steps that you control. That's what you just said, really, in other words. Like, it's great to have the goals. I want to make $10,000 a month for my blog. I want to have 1,000 blog readers a day. I want to have 10,000 email subscribers. They're great goals to have, and they're inspiring and motivating. But when, the, when you're in that ghost town phase, it's the actionable stuff. Like, okay, my goal for this week is to publish, hit publish on three blog posts, right? It, it's to um, create that one YouTube video. So I, I think the best answer that, that you just said was focus on the actionable stuff that you can control and then the results will take care of themselves. No, that makes perfect sense. That's, uh, and that's hard to do. You know, when you work a regular job, you basically work and then two weeks later you get paid, right? And here mm -hmm. you work with vlogging, you're going to work and you might not see it for six months. You might not see it for a year. And, you know, some instances, I mean, it's not it's not typical, but some instances it might be two years, especially if you're not actually, you know, adding, uh, uh, like you said, as long as you're consistently posting. Um, I can't tell you how many yeah. times I've run into somebody and, oh, yeah, I've been blogging for two years. It just doesn't work. And well, well how, what's your site look? How many articles do you have? Oh, I have nine posts. In two years, <laughs> you have nine articles? Yeah, you didn't want it. <laughs> You, you didn't want no. it is basically what it comes down to. So, I mean, what are some things that you do to stay focused, you know, in, in these prove it periods in the, the ghost town phase that keeps you motivated? Do you do anything, any tips or tricks to keep yourself motivated or do you just lean on your experience? Um, I now it's easier to lean on my experience, but I'll just tell you what it says on my desktop background. It, it's a John Peterson quote and it says, what's the price you pay for a high standard of living? Well, that's easy. You virtually always sacrifice the present for the future. So for me, I'm seeing it, I'm building, and I love the feeling I'm building something. You're, you're investing that time and it, it will definitely pay off, right? If I'm telling you, Chris is telling you, other people are telling you, you've seen the other students' success stories, the effort, the time that you put in now, it definitely will pay off and it definitely will be worth it. Um, I know it's a bit abstract. I know it's a bit weird, but it's just... I don't know what else to say, really. No, it's, it's that's great because um, I sign off every one of my podcasts with "Do something now that your future self will thank you for," and there you go. That's essentially the quote that you just said. It's just said in different words, but no, that makes yeah, perfect sense because it's it yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's it's there because. 
there are so many people doing it. And that was one of the things that was huge for me when I first got started. I saw other people doing it who I knew I was smarter than. I could just tell, you know, <laughs> just look at it. It's like, there's no way that he's that much smarter than me. That means he has yeah. to he has to be figuring this out some way and that pretty much anyone can do it, which I totally believe that pretty much anyone can do this if you just put in a little bit of effort with it. You know, it, it's, oh, it's, that's, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and we all go through that. What, what's the word for it? Chris? I can't remember. Where we don't feel like we're good enough. Um, Imposter syndrome. syndrome. Imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. We all, I still go through that now. Well, how long have we been? I've been doing this for eight years. Um, and I still go through imposter syndrome, you know. But um, a thing I've noticed too, like recently, just going through, since I've been doing this evergreen stuff, answering questions, a lot of people on there, like a lot of the answers, they're not very good. Um, how many times have you like searched for a question on Google and the answers just, like, the, the amount of people that just write like robots or they don't really answer the question or they're like, like this, this um, searcher intent thing is a massive deal. A lot of people just can't get searcher intent, give people the answer that they're searching for. So an example of that would be, you know, if I was looking for how to start a blog and people going about, you know, the history of blogging, people zone out, <laughs> you, you've lost them already. Again, uh, searcher intent is somebody searching for how to start a blog. Let's just assume they already know what a blog is and they don't really need to know the whole history of blogging or what blog stands for, you know? It, it goes back to that. So I think it, for me, I get imposter syndrome sometimes, but then other times I'm thinking, you know what? Just be you, write like a normal human being. Other people write so, most of the stuff online is so boring. Like most blogs are not very interesting, but if you can let your personality come through and just talk like a normal human being. I always tell people, you know, when I'm hiring writers and stuff, I'll just tell them, Imagine you're talking to a friend in a coffee shop and write like that. You don't talk like a robot, so don't write like one. You know? No, yeah, yeah. It, that's actually a pet peeve of mine. Because uh, you know what's that infamous in, Simon, is um, recipes. I can't stand it if I look oh. up a recipe and it's some, you know, spaghetti recipe. And then the first paragraph is the history of spaghetti. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care about the what history the of spaghetti. Just give me the recipe. <laughs> or they'll tell me how their grandmother used to do this and they would put it together. And oh, now it's like, no, just give me the recipe. It's a 3,000 word article on how to make how to make spaghetti when you really only needed 500 words. You know, it's. It's annoying. <laughs> so I totally know what you mean. Exactly. Just answer the questions that people are asking in the best way you can. That's it. Yeah. Okay. You know? All right. So um, when you're doing the Google, people also ask, when you're looking at Answer Socrates, you're looking at places like this, how do you yeah. choose, how, how do you decide that an individual question should be a subheading versus its own article? Very good question. Um, and I think it's kind of subjective in a way. Like I could turn any of the subheadings in most of my posts into a whole blog post by itself. So it's a good question. I think it comes down to, is it worth it? Like search volume. So for example, and it depends how broad you want to be. So with a Grammarly review, I, I would put that as the main keyword. And I think what is Grammarly? How much is Grammarly? How does Grammarly work? I think they're good subheadings that can fit under Grammarly review, but also Google will pull that out. If, if people are searching how much is Grammarly, they'll pull that. Okay, here, and if you're doing the target answers too, which we haven't talked about, the, the answer, if you're getting the answer snippets there. Um, so, so what I would do, for example, sorry if this is confusing, but 
let's say I'm doing the Grammarly review and I have a question, how much is Grammarly? The, the paragraph directly under that subheading is going to be a target answer. I'm going to try and get that featured snippet in Google. So all that means is I'm going to write two to four sentences, clear, concise, where I'm answering that question directly. So Grammarly is this amount per month. They have a yearly option, which works out this a month, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee, full stop. That's my target answer. So in the broad overarching Grammarly review keyword, if somebody types in, how much money is Grammarly, then hopefully they're going to pull that target answer out. So what I guess what I'm saying is I can cover a multiple of keywords within one blog post. Yeah. Okay. So it just, it's, it's subjective and you just kind of look at it to see, okay, is there enough meat on that bone to support its own argument or is it better spent putting it into an article to help support a more broader topic? Right. Would that be what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if you're in doubt, you can just include it as a subheading. And if you see in your Google Analytics and you can see that it's getting, it's a really popular term that people are searching for, you can always go ahead and write a post on that later and then link to that post from that sub uh, category, you know. Um, so, yeah, start with the subheading and then if you feel it warrants it, you can do that anytime. Yeah, yeah that's a great uh, interlinking, uh, internal linking uh, opportunity as well, when you can take a subheading oh, yeah. and then just create another uh, article from that okay cool oh definitely yeah 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 man we've covered a lot in this is there anything that we missed you know uh i mean i know, I know you're living over there in, in bangkok now you know because of your blogging business you know <laughs> if, if there's one thing you could tell you know a, a new blogger who's just getting started uh what would you tell them i would say like and i know it's cliche we've heard it so many times but Choose a blogging topic that you're going to be really interested in, even six months from now, a year from now, right? Because people go into the wrong niches. I've seen people go into, I don't know, drone niches because they think they're going to get high commissions or, um, you know, something that they think is popular, but they don't really care about. If, if you go into something that you, if you go into a niche that you really care about, your blogging life is just going to be so much easier. You're going to enjoy it. Your content, you're going to work better. It's going to be easier to get those three posts on a week. It's not going to be such a slog. Um, there's a Steve Jobs quote here. It says, your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. So please, 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 anybody out there within the sound of my voice, Start a blog on something that you really love to talk about. You're going to be writing content about that niche. You're going to be promoting products within that niche. You're going to be connecting with people in that niche. It needs to be something you, you at least care about. You know? Wow, that's that's amazing. You know, what screensaver are you looking at that has all these quotes on it? That's what I was. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> this is a post I wrote recently. Um, it's just a, I just love it. It's just so true. It's actually a post I wrote about how to choose a niche. Um, and yeah, cause it's just so true though. Like if you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to, you're going to be amazing at it, you know, eventually at some point, keep doing it because like I said earlier, that passion, that enthusiasm, if you're really passionate about growing tomatoes in your garden, that's going to be infectious people. You're going to make, you're going to want to make everybody go out and start planting tomato seeds, you know, like it's going to come across, but if you can't stand it or you're bored of it, then man, if you're bored writing a blog post, people are going to be bored reading it too, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and that's powerful what you just said there, because it that is possible. It is possible when you are passionate about something, it just comes out. You know, you just hear it, you just feel it, you just read it. You know, yeah. versus if you're just going through the motions and 
and and just doing it. Um, okay, so let me ask you, what are you working on now? I know you're doing a few things now in terms of uh, some new training you're working on and everything with um, with Dale. You know, how are things like that going? Yeah, right right now, kind of my main focus would be on um, Commission Academy. Uh, so it's at commission.academy. And it's basically, we, we wanted to provide kind of a free affiliate marketing course. You know, maybe if they have a blog and they want to monetize it, or maybe someone who's brand new wants to kind of just get an overview of how it all works and how it all fits together. Uh, so I wanted to give like a free affiliate marketing crash course, uh, basically for beginners to walk them through that steps. Um, because obviously, you know, um, Dale and I were both super affiliates. We met in Vegas at the same time that, that I met you there and I pestered you about YouTube. Um, <laughs> and and I, I want to apologize. I remember asking you so many questions about what about this on YouTube? How do you do that? Because you're a master at YouTube. So like you're the YouTube guy. So yeah, <laughs> I remember pestering you about that on the boulevard. Um, but um, yeah, so like me and Dale, you know, we're both super affiliates um, and we've had a lot of success. I'm in Thailand now, you know, uh, spending time doing stuff I love, but thanks to blogging, because affiliate marketing, and I know there's a lot of people out there who want to do the same. So yeah, we wanted to make a course and we wanted to make it as helpful as possible. Um, so, you know, we just started a blog on it. Uh, we're gonna be starting a YouTube channel soon and we're gonna be doing weekly live hangouts on there in the next month or two. So yeah, Commission Academy is really where we're going. And, and again, as I said, like I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm enjoying like get, helping newbies getting started, seeing them take that first step. And it's just really rewarding for me. Yeah. Okay, so commission.academy is the website? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Is that basically where everyone can find you? Yeah, that's the best place. Yeah, they can find out about me, find out about Dale, check out the blog, check out the YouTube channel. Uh, check out, just it's a free course, check out the course as well. Um, yeah, and, and, and connect with us, you know. We're, we're on hand, we're, we're here to answer any questions. Wow. Okay. Well, Simon Crow, thank you so much, man. This has been this has been really fun, and I do appreciate your uh, your candidness with everything that we talked about so far. Um, I think the motivational stuff is huge. What we talked about because you know you hear these quotes every now and then, and you see them online, and you see people talk about it. But the mindset is so huge in this business because you do need to have a lot of self talk, you know, where you know exactly okay. how to move forward because there's so many people who are going to tell you not to do it right what we do is not normal <laughs> you know but it works it, it works so thank you so much for the value that you've been able to provide so far hopefully we've you know you've inspired someone to to actually go forward with this that'd be amazing yeah let's do it again sometime oh yeah for sure i'm, I'm sure we'll have you on here in another few months anyway <laughs> to see exactly how commission.academy is growing and some of the things that you're working on all right. Well, thank you so much, man. And I'll uh, see you later. Yeah. See you soon. Cheers, Chris. Have you been struggling to make money with your blog? Or maybe you'd like to learn how to build a niche blog and start generating a passive income, but don't know how to go about it. Well, don't worry, I got you covered. Introducing Blog Builder Pro. Blog Builder Pro is a comprehensive online course designed to take you from a complete beginner to having a website up and running that is making you money. 
Blog Builder Pro also helps take the guesswork out of monetizing your blog by teaching you an easy step-by-step -step process that I call the Nifty 50 Core Steps. These steps will tell you what to do and when to do it so that you are never lost. One of the biggest frustrations that newer bloggers have is that they do not know if the work they are putting in on their sites will yield them some result. But thanks to the more than 60 professionally produced lessons, special worksheets, easy blog and email templates, exclusive webinar discounts, one-on-one -on -one training, and a community that can help you answer questions 24-7, Blog Builder Pro is rocking the industry with this groundbreaking and comprehensive training, holding your hand from start to finish. So go to bloggerevolution.com income and check out the free webinar for some more information. That is bloggerevolution.com income.